Lead Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Singleton. And as a child of the 80s, I'd love to say queens rule, but they don't. Queens lead. Being a queen means you are worthy to be a leader of people. The guests on our show do exactly that. They are leading the way in their businesses, families, and communities. They're taking their rightful place in the spotlight, leading and inspiring the developing queens in all of us. Welcome to the Queen's Lead Podcast. Welcome everybody to the Queen's Lead Podcast. Today we have Shankari Parody with us from Soul Sister. We are so excited to have you today. She is a wife. She is a mom. She is a nonprofit board member. She owns her own company. Welcome Shankari and tell us about you. Hi, thanks so much for having me, Amy. This is such an amazing honor. Um, just a little bit about me. So yes, I'm a wife and a mom and um, I live in Oklahoma. I'm originally from Canada. Um, so my parents are still living in Canada, which is exciting. And I have one sister who lives in Arizona. Um, I just love sewing. That is my life's passion. And my mom always told me that it was in my blood because both of my parents actually sew. So oh, I inherited wow. this amazing gift. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I'm able to, uh, at this point in my career, I'm able to create all kinds of quilts for just about any endeavor. I'm looking into creating art quilts now, which I really am interested in finding out more about. And then I also uh, design patterns for quilt uh, designer for quilt uh, makers. And I'm able to, um, you know, use my artistic talents there. And I'm also looking into creating fabric one day, surface pattern design. So, yeah. Awesome. So when did you come here from Canada? Um, so I moved here in 2006 uh, when I married my husband. He's actually from Oklahoma. And I guess that's a story for another podcast. Yeah. I'll give you the short version. Um, we were both in banking at the time. And I used to work for a banking company. His company was helping to teach us some new software. And that's how we met um, uh, across um, in Vancouver, actually, Vancouver, British Columbia. And then uh, we dated for a couple of years. And then we got married and I moved to Oklahoma. Oh my gosh, what a cool story. That is, that, we got to dive in deeper of that sometime. Of so course. tell tell us what it looked like for you. I know you said you sewed a lot from your parents and their influence growing up in Canada, but what did that transition look like from banking to sewing full-time and owning your business doing that? Oh my goodness, right? What is that? Like, it's just What is that much. all about? Totally different. I love it, but yeah. to, there's a story there. I can feel yes. it. There's a lot of stories I could tell you. <laughs> um, one of the things that happened for me uh, is I went to McMaster University and I have a degree in biological sciences. So I have an affinity for science, um, technology, not so much the technology piece as much as I would love, um, but I really enjoy the biological sciences, chemical sciences. Um, and so I, I decided to pursue a career in um, medicine at first and it didn't pan out exactly how I thought it was going to pan out but you know God has different plans right so exactly. I, I went around this roundabout way and I um, went to technical school and I got a degree in um, information technology which led me into the computer aspect of banking and then I worked in banking for several years and then um, I still had my science degree, right? Like, what was I going to do with that? So I, when I moved to Oklahoma, we had our first 
child. And at that time, I was still in the midst of trying to decide what do I want to do with my life? <laughs> and yeah. yeah, I have this holy formed human being now. What do I want to do? Yes. I have no idea. Yeah. So I decided to go back to school for nursing and I became a nurse. That's so, right. We're both nurses and yes. not nursing anymore. <laughs> A little bit on the side. I feel like that's my side hustle now. Like, gotcha. Yes. <laughs> I moonlight um, probably once every two or three weeks in a cardiac unit. And I okay. love it. I love the folks that I work with. Amazing folks. Um, but so I transitioned basically from the banking world to back into science. And then from there um, in 2018, I really decided to go. Like, I, I think in 2016 is when I actually started Soul Sister, the brand. And then in 2018, I really took off and hit the ground running with it. So, and then haven't looked back. So what, what was the motivation for you to, to like, you know, I'm going to do my own thing. Yeah. So I, I knew that I loved sewing. I, that was a given when I moved to Oklahoma, my parents gifted me uh, a old 1960s Viking sewing machine. Which you still oh. have. You can see it in the background on the Zoom. I can. I love it. Uh-huh. So it's one of my Hallmark pieces. I love it. And I will always keep it. It will treasure it. Um, what I think drove me to do my own business was just like anyone else, trying to find the flexibility of home life versus job life and family and being a wife and wanting to be there for my family in a different way. And so yes. that leads you to create this new space in your life where you look at what is the possibility of creating something different? What is, what does that look like? You know, what would I really want to be doing? You know, what do I love? And, and those are all questions I think entrepreneurs go through um, in, in, on their journey to finding what it is they want to do and find their purpose, right? Mm -hmm. And then in the midst of all of that, I did a transformational leadership workshop, which really honed in on my purpose and passion, which is to uh, create a world with no landfill fabric. And if that's possible, I get to be a source of that. I love it. So were there doubts along the way? Were you like, oh, can I do this thing on my own? Or did you have some people around you that kind of rallied around you and or that you had an example maybe of? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so there's always, you know, that fear of the unknown, first of all, that like, I don't know which way to go or what direction to follow or that kind of thing. So that definitely crept up and happens. Um, it definitely happened for me. In those moments, I would say to just lean in, right? Like keep going because you're, you're uncovering things. You're almost like uncovering this dirt from whatever it is and you're finding the gems of what you want to become. And so that definitely happened for me, I would say. I had the fear of like, I don't know how to do this. I don't know enough. I'm not that great. You know, all of those things creep up. And then you get the support from the loved ones. So your family is your, my biggest support is my family. Uh, my husband, Jimmy, and of course my kids. Um, they're my biggest supporters. And it doesn't matter in their eyes what you do and how you do it. They're always going to be your supporters, which is like, so amazing because think of all the negativity that gets created in this world and just yeah. to find one piece of like positive that creates that light and that space for you to grow into so I feel like I definitely leaned on that 
And then one of the things I also experience probably on a day-to-day basis is imposter syndrome, where you feel like, <laughs> what the heck am I doing in this space? Like, yes. do I even belong? Right. <laughs> right. Can I even do people, what I say I'm doing? I don't know. Yes. And then yeah. people are like thinking that you're the expert. So you're like, oh, I get to show up in this way now. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, so, wait, they're yeah. all waiting on me. <laughs> yeah. Is that too yeah. loud? No, it's fine. I mean, we're going to be able to hear it, but all right, people cut out, do what you got to do, edit. It's fine. (laughs) They'll edit whatever out. Are they sawing your your son's room? They're sawing in the room. Um, So we just bought a um, new to us home. It's from the 1970s and there were two living rooms. So they ha- the family had added on an extra living room and I'm actually in one of the extra living spaces as well, which I converted to my sewing room. But uh-huh. um, my, so we have three bedrooms and I have three children. So the boys are sharing right now. And eventually once this room gets made, then each of the boys will have their own rooms and my nice. daughter will have her own room. And, you know, they get their own kind of, space to grow space to have privacy as they get older there I have one I have one teenager and um the the boys are a little bit younger so you know they're growing and they need that we all need that right for sure you got a teenage daughter yeah she's 13 and then I have two boys they're 12 and almost 10 so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh you are a busy woman so you moved from banking and technology and nursing into sewing with the intent of decreasing not only doing something you love but decreasing landfill fabric which I know is a huge problem not a lot of us think about our landfills are overflowing with things all the time and to be someone that's starting to slowly take away from that chipping away from that is awesome who are your clients? Who are the clients that you serve with, with your sewing? So I would say mostly they're, they are similar to me, like moms that are, um, that have kids that, you know, you've saved up clothing over the years, they've gone to school and you have all these like basketball shirts and soccer jerseys and, oh, they went to, you know, camp or they went to CBS and they have all these like t-shirts and memories that are in a container in a box somewhere and you need something to do with them so that you can bring them back out and allow your children and your families to remember the memories that are associated with that so I almost bring back I feel like I bring back to life or I breathe new life into those t-shirts and clothing just by giving it another avenue to be presented in your home you can use it you can like Play them if you want to, or you know, like just have a different way of preserving that memory rather than in a bin somewhere stuck yes. in a closet to never be looked at again or just to pull out and cry over every five years. Now you right. can have okay, yeah. so like kids who are graduating or maybe moving on to that next step of their life or something. So you're you can make blankets like that. Yes, things like that. And then my other avenue is families that have lost loved ones. I'm able to Mm. take those memories and bring them back to life. And one of the projects that I did just recently was um, he was a school teacher. The family patriarch was a school teacher and he used to love doing stained glass. So he had some pieces and his daughter had kept these pieces. And I actually was able to take a photograph of 
her one of her pieces that her dad had made and turn it into a piece that was instilled in fabric into the quilt. So oh, wow. It's just a very artistic way of like interpreting the fabric and using it in such a way that gives back the family a sense of like being a part of that person again, right? Having that person back in their life again. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. eliminating waste, preserving memories, and that's awesome. Okay. Thank you. I love it. I love it. And tell us about the nonprofit that you're involved in. I understand you're a board member for a, a place. I, I've spoken to another podcast guest about this a little bit before, so I can't wait to hear more. The True You Movement. Tell yes. us about True You. So the True You Movement is based on um, the foundation, the True You organization. And what we do is our aim is to support uh, women that are coming out of any phase of life, going into any phase of life that need any type of support, whether it's like financial or um, figuring out how to get that next job or figuring out where to place their kids for school because they had to move location, whether they're coming out of like prison or they're coming out of domestic abuse or you know, they just got divorced or whatever the situation. Now you're into like something happened to your spouse and okay, now I'm a single parent. What do I do? You know, mm -hmm. you just, there's so many opportunities for us to serve our community. And this is just one avenue. And I feel like I'm getting chills now because I feel like it's such an important detail for us to be as women and come together in a way that is supporting and empower each other. And this allows us an avenue to do that. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, all right, lady, you're in this point. You need to go to this point. Let us help you across that bridge. Right. Right. And there's so much that goes around that, right? Like there's the mental health aspect, you know, the spiritual side of things, just making sure you have enough to get on your feet for today. I mean, that's a big one. Like mm -hmm. just let's be happy. We're at this point, right? Like here we are. And now what can we do? What's next? So I yes. feel like yeah, I feel like we get to stand in that space and really stand tall and allow other women to stand tall too. Yes. And you yeah. are the secretary on the board there and you're yes. bringing in some sewing classes for these ladies. Yes. That is my aim and goal is to support them in um, either embroidery skills, handwork skills. I mean, sometimes we just need to know how to sew that button back on our jacket so we can wear yes. it again. And you know, like that's the one thing that you need maybe to go to that interview. Yes. Right. And yes. it matters. Those little details matter. So I think that giving, giving people that ability, it just empowers and just supports and, and allows you to stand tall. Like I said, yeah. Yeah. Not only to, to know I I've been that mom sitting there going, uh, you need a button. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, it's $10 to take that down the road to have a seamstress do it professionally right. at an alteration shop. That might be almost an entire hour's worth of pay for someone starting out their life again. So to have okay. that knowledge and not to mention, you said, I mean, that's obviously a translatable skill into potentially into the workforce as well. Right. Absolutely. I mean, we can make all kinds of things. You can go into garment making, you can go bags. I mean, all kinds of avenues there. Maybe you want to be a quilter like me, you know, or a designer. There's so many avenues to look at when it comes to just sewing. Yeah. People think it's just sewing with a machine, but no, there's lots of different things you can do with that so much. 
Yes. And, and that's not exactly the kind of things our mothers are sitting at home teaching us uh, anymore because they're right? in the workforce too. <laughs> they are out in the workforce. And a lot of things changed for us, you know, when wars and things happened and then economic breakdowns, then it pushed women to look for other avenues to support their families in different ways. So yeah, it's a, it's a basic skill, but it's such a huge basic skill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We something we don't back. think about. I know yeah. there's not exactly home ec at school anymore either. Right, right. Like, yeah, what okay, happened? we're gonna need these skills. What happened to us? We need yeah. these skills. Thank I mean, God you're even, here teaching us. Even if it's like basic cooking, right? Like, I'm so excited because um, I feel like schools get to bring this back. And so one of the classes my daughter actually gets to take at her school, um, and they're in a, a different school-based program, there she's going to take like a food class or a cooking class or something like that so i'm excited like these are the things that we want to perpetuate in this world right like what are we yes. what are we up to creating we're creating these kinds of things where we yeah. can yeah offer more solutions for people to just get out of their own you know stuckness i would say and then learn to grow with a new skill yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's not something that's being offered at every school. My kids are in a particular school district that my little boy yeah. is going into high school and is so enthralled with cooking and wants to learn to be a chef and there's really not anything available there. So, yeah. yeah, yeah so I, I love that you guys are teaching. Look into, look into local places. Like for example, where we live, the whip bakery actually offers cooking classes. So yes. if you find local places near you that offer things that your kids are into, I would say do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. He did. He and his niece, uh, my niece did one of those classes at Whipped Bakery on North Side here uh, over spring it. break. They learned to make a pop tart and all kinds of stuff. It was fantastic. That is so fun. Uh, I mean, great. basics, right? Like, right. Basic stuff and have. Yes. Fun. Yeah. Yes. I love it. I love that. So the True You movement, teaching women basic life skills. Uh, financial skills, how to get unstuck skills, cooking skills, sewing skills, so important, especially coming out of tough situations like divorce yes. or prison imprisonment sometimes because yes. of choices they had to make. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm super excited about, about getting more involved with that. So <laughs> tell us, uh, tell us about some of the, some of the struggles that you've had uh, with starting your new business. What's one of the biggest mistakes you've made that you'd like to kind of just call out and say, all right, ladies, don't do this thing. Yeah, I would say um, really look at where you can spend your time and money. So what I mean by that, okay, experience for myself. I did a couple of shows um, back in the early days when I was still um, starting out with Full Sister. I, I did a couple of shows and um, I, I invested a lot of money in those shows, you know? Mm, it, like trade shows, you mean? Like to set yes. up a booth and, okay, right. yes, yes. Right, so this particular trade show was well-known in the community, um, well-loved and droves of people came in but it didn't work for me like it just maybe it was the model that didn't work for what I do and how I create and so lesson learned you know <laughs> you use some of your money for that and I almost went into this depression around it because I felt like oh my gosh I put so much time and effort into the show and I didn't have anything to show for it. And so it really, I think most of all, probably bruised my ego. Number one, <laughs> That's tough. And, those are the hard lessons. <laughs> I know, right. 
And then number two, it just um, really allows you to look at where do you want to go and who do you want to target to. So look at your target audience and make sure you have the support you need and talk about those things. Don't hold it inside of you. Like if you're feeling depressed or if you're feeling something over something that's happening in your career, talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Having those support people that uh, surround you can be infinitely valuable to have that shoulder to cry on or that person to, to ask about. And it's hard to talk about what we're doing at first. At least it was for me. I kind of wanted to hold it as a secret until I was sure it wasn't going to be a success or it was going to not fail. So, so what if somebody else was doing exactly what I'm doing or something similar to what I'm doing, or I don't want to share my ideas because possibly somebody's already doing it, you know? And so, um, there's a lady, her name is Bonnie Christine, and she's in the surface pattern design world. And she's one of her things that she tells her students is she says, there's room for you. So there's room for everyone. There's space in this world for everyone. And there's an opportunity for everyone to like, look for whatever it is their passion is. So I think yes, that, yeah. Even when you're experiencing those lows and, and highs, even, even when you're experiencing any of that, know that there's always, always, always space for you to grow into. So, oh, I love that. That's what I would remember. Yeah. Yeah. There is space for you. And, and, you know, I, at least for me, I spent a long time being upset or angry or motivated about all these different things, you know, like we need to save the whales. We need to save the landfills. We need to save the women. We need to save the men and the boys and the, and the sun and the earth and all these things. But thank God there's somebody who cares about each individual thing like that and puts their full effort and their full purpose toward it. Like you, you're helping save our planet by decreasing the landfill, you know, fabric. I can't do that. That is not my calling or my purpose, but I'm so thankful that there's someone who is, whose purpose that is so that we can all work together to make an actual difference one thing at a time. So true. Each person's gifts are their unique gifts and we get to work with all of them. So amazing. Yes. I, I, I love it. I love it so much. So tell us about, um, about growing your business. What have been some of the challenges with growing soul sisters? Mm, so one of the thing with soul sister that I find difficult is sometimes creating the social media posts or, you know, worrying about how many followers I've got, or how am I going to do exposure around um, email, you know, sending out the emails, things like that. And so um, I'm the type of person when I realize that those are skills that I don't particularly have, I'm going to look for the expert, just like someone coming to me and asking me, how do I make a quilt? they know that I'm the expert at that. So they're going to come to me. So in that yes. same way, when it comes to like technical pieces on my, um, you know, uh, pattern design, I go to a technical graphic artist and I yes. get them to create what I need. And I obviously I pay them for it. But the point is to get to that point where you can be um, self-sustaining in a way that is also supporting, you're supporting other people. So you're not just, it's not just soul sister, right? Like there's other people behind 
what I do. And thank goodness that they're amazing at what they do because they support me to create what I get to do. And so I would say if there's things that you're not quite comfortable with, don't be afraid to keep looking. Like one of the things, of course, we can always Google it, right? Like that's one of the main things. <laughs> if you're right. not sure how to do something, Google it. Ask for help. Ask for that support. Network yourself so that you make connections. It's like how we met at a networking event. So you make connections that you can, you know, find value in supporting other people and then also allow them to give you value. It's a give and take, give and receive kind of experience you cannot you cannot have the action of giving without receiving mm -hmm. it's like it's like that that's the end goal right so so yeah there's like this aspect of yes i don't know everything and i'm probably never going to know everything and that's yeah. a challenge that we all experience but you can and i don't like to say but because nobody likes to be the end of a but um, <laughs> <laughs> so i would say and you, you get to, you know, work through whatever it is that you don't understand or don't know. So for me, that is, that is a challenge. I'm not always technical. I, I don't know how to do all of the graphics design. So I get support. I get somebody to help me. That's, yes. that's a big thing. Yeah. Rely on experts. Challenge. Yes. Yeah, right. Rely yeah. on experts in their field. Yeah. Yeah. I could probably do my own taxes. Why would I? <laughs> when there are experts who know all the things about exactly. it, I could definitely Google, how do I sew on a button or how do I sew a quilt? But how much time is that going to take away from the things in my purpose that I need to fulfill when you're right yeah. here, ready, willing, and waiting to do the thing expertly? <laughs> right, right. And then it's not always that you'll never know. Maybe you'll take a class or like you said, if you Google it, you watch a YouTube video and you'll learn it. And you can also support the other people to like help you because there's this like journey that we have to go through from the time that we actually like figure out something that we don't know and then we figure out how to use it or do it or have someone help us do it you know so figuring out that and allowing the space for yourself to be like it's okay for me to be where i am and not know and and not be like oh i can't do it or cuz that that happens a lot too where you think like oh my gosh, now I have to figure out how to do, you know, 10 posts a week on my social media. And I don't have time for that. And my pictures are horrible, whatever, you know, like you come up with all these like negative excuses in your mind of why you can't create something. When in fact, you know, you can, we all innately know we can, and we just yes. get to give ourselves love and grace to get there. Yes. <laughs> yes. Love and grace. Talk a little bit about your husband and your family and what their what role they play in in you owning your business and being this busy mom wearing all the millions of hats you wear. Yes, oh my goodness. So it's so interesting because um so my husband and I have been married for over 16 years. I love him to death. He's like my best friend. And he Aww. always says that too. He's he says that I'm his best friend. You know, we have our quirky moments and our moments where we don't quite agree on everything. And that's okay, too. We have space <laughs> for that in our relationship, which is amazing. Uh, he's my biggest fan, my biggest supporter. He, uh, anytime I come up with like a magical new unicorn idea, he's like, oh my gosh, just go do it. It's amazing. Do it. <laughs> you yes. know? Yes. Yes. So I don't know, you know, as an entrepreneur, I think we think of ideas all the time. 
yeah. ideas of like, yeah. oh, this is a great idea. I should create that. And then I wish I had like a penny for every idea. I probably, I probably would be rich by now because yeah, <laughs> like having the ideas, right? Um, so yeah, he's my biggest supporter. And um, I just noticed my languaging around my children a lot more. Um, ever since I did that transformational leadership workshop, I really noticed how I speak to my children and how they speak to others, right? And so mm. there was an experience where I usually get paid for like a blog that I did or something. And then out of that blog, I could potentially turn it into like a pattern to sell. Mm -hmm. So the so the people that were associated with that particular blog that I was creating for them, they asked me that question. They were like, hey, can we turn this into a file and then market it to people? And I was like, that sounds amazing. I yeah. love that idea. And is there a possibility to create some sort of like benefit for both of us in this, right? Like yeah. a royalty system or something that supports me as well, because that's a lot of work that I put in. Mm -hmm. um, so I wrote that out in an email and I was like, what would it look like if we could make some other possibilities? Like, how could we? how could we make this look? And so I allowed my daughter to read it. And she was like, mommy, you are so nice. <laughs> like <laughs> I said it so nicely. And I would have just been like, give me my money, <laughs> you know? And so nice. I, it was such a tangible, like opportunity to like teach in that moment. Um, because yeah, we can say, give me my money. We can say <laughs> We could say those words, but then how would it be received from the other person, right? Like they might feel a certain way. And of course we can't control anybody else's feelings or experience, but how we say something or navigate that situation can allow for love and grace to show up in those moments, because maybe they didn't mean it the way they did, but that's the way it came out. And the same thing about when we say something, we may not have meant it that way, but it came out and, you know, now we have to <laughs> go and, you know, kind of manage it or handle it. So, yeah. So I love those moments where I can allow myself to still be myself and be open to new possibilities. Yeah. And teach yeah. your kids a little something along the way. Yeah. yeah. And maybe yeah. they teach you something back. Oh, for sure. A lot of the times. <laughs> I think when I was first starting out, I asked them a question and I said, do you think I should do nursing or I should do sewing? What should I do? And they were like, well, which one do you like better? Do that. Right? <laughs> uh, like, gee, I'm a fully grown adult. Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> exactly. Their, their epiphanies are just <laughs> so grandiose. It's beautiful to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. They're like, well, yeah. mom, what do you like to do? Just do yeah. more of that. Yeah. Right. If we just listen okay. to them. Yeah. <laughs> so. From the mouths of babes, they exactly. say. Yeah. <laughs> Do your kids have some, any entrepreneurial uh, aspirations? Oh, yes. Um, so just recently they actually did a local entrepreneur show and it was funny because on the way to the show, you know, in Oklahoma, it's so windy and it's so crazy. And <laughs> they were just like, I don't know if I want to do this show. I'm not sure. And then my daughter was like, well, you know, after the show, I probably am not going to do this business anymore. I, <laughs> I think I'm done after this. I was like, okay, that's fine. Whatever you want to do, you know, you get to experiment and have fun and maybe this worked for a while and we'll pick something else and you get to choose. And so we did the show and 
some of our stuff kind of blew all over the place and there was like a little pond or a river some of my daughter's things flew into <laughs> the pond and we were running down to the pond to go get it and you know all three of my kids have their each of their things that they like to work on and um my daughter she ended up winning the entrepreneur show what yeah, yeah the young <laughs> entrepreneur show so um, yes yeah so it was pretty amazing so you know, the one who said at the beginning, she wasn't sure if that's, this was her thing, all of a sudden, when she let go of like what it kind of manifested or looked like, she, I don't know, she just flourished and <laughs> she was able to create that. So how amazing, right? Like, they yeah, learn, yeah, they learn, we learn from them and they learn from us. So I'm just super excited. Yeah, my um, older son, he does like beads and jewelry and that sort of thing. And then um, my youngest son, he makes um, perler bead ornaments. So it's the beads that you kind of, the plastic and that you iron it and they kind of okay. melt. Yeah, yes. they melt together into different shapes. So he loves that. And then my daughter, she makes all kinds of sewing wares. So she makes little coasters or keychains and sewing kits and things like that. Okay. That's so did that little bit of success give her kind of a shot in the arm to keep going? I think, um, well, when she, she made a little bit of money, not a whole bunch, yes. but she made a little bit. And so she was like, I think I want to invest. And so <laughs> it's so interesting because I'm the one always talking about like, we should invest and we should do this with our money and allow it to grow and come back. And so now that's kind of coming into her and she's like, you know, I have this money. I think I want to invest it. So we're looking at opportunities yes. for children to invest. <laughs> I love that. Oh my Thank gosh. What a blessing for them to have you as a parent to so many, so many kids grow up without that, you know, knowledge that, that things are available to us yes. that, that a lot of kids don't grow up with that. So they're so blessed to have you and your oh, husband thanks. as parents. As Honestly, leaders. I, think awesome. I am lucky. I'm the blessed one. Yeah. We all are blessed all around. Right. Yeah. yeah. Way more than I deserve. I know that's for sure. Exactly. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> well, so what else, what else do you want your, your audience to know about Shankari? Hmm. It's a good question. Um, I think that, uh, I remember this growing up is like, you know, when you're in high school and then there's the one girl that you want to be friends with, or you're just not sure how to approach that person. And you're like, hey, would you like to be my friend? And they're like, you kind of are snobby and I don't know if I want to be your friend. And I was like, I'm not snobby. I just, maybe I, something came off in that like interaction or my introvertedness that like they didn't, you know, they experienced in a different way and they didn't see that I'm really just an awesome person and I want everybody to know that. And so one of the things I do when I do meet people and connect with people is I just tell them, how can I support you? Because I want to be able to grow in my connection with you and in relationship with you. And then at the same time, I want to be able to support whatever it is that you're doing. So that's one thing that if anybody would meet me, they would not maybe know right away because I'm quiet and I'm introverted. But at the same time, I also like to be very friendly and supportive. Yeah, yeah. So just being your, your most authentic self, it sounds like, and, and coming with that givers gain attitude versus here's my card, call me when you need me. Exactly. We've all been there. Yes. And also being open to like, just letting it go. Like, you know, there's going to be people that come and go and say, oh, I would love your services. Oh, I would love a quilt. Oh, this and that. And then 
they may you may never see them again. They may never approach you again. And that's okay too. And letting that be whatever it needs to be so that you grow, you know, you, maybe that quilt wasn't meant to be made just yet and it's okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Keeping yourself at the forefront of people's minds when when that need arises because that that's how you become forefront of mind is by being there and, and staying front of mind, even if yeah. they don't need what you've got right then. Exactly. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Shankari. Tell us where they can, our guests can find you online for either Soul Sister or the True You Movement. Two of the best places to look for us are Facebook and Instagram. You can find on Facebook, the True You Organization. If you type it in, you'll find us. And our um, kind of uh, ambassador emblem, so to speak, is a sunflower. So you'll know that that's what yes you're looking for. And then for Soul Sister, I would say the best place to find me um, on Facebook as well. Or you could look for me on Instagram at Hello Soul Sister. All right. You heard it right here. Soul Sister. It's S-E-W-L Sister, correct? Yes, SoulSister.com. Soul Sister on Instagram and Facebook and the True You Movement. Look for the sunflower on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you so much for being our guest. We appreciate your efforts and being a queen that leads. Thank you so much, Amy. It was such an honor to be here today. Thank you. Oh, I'm just so excited, excited to hear what you're doing. Oh my God. Here it goes again. <laughs> <laughs> One more minute. Blue for a reel. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>